0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. Hello and welcome. Uh, it's another Q and A episode of uh, our Books of the Year podcast. We're talking to Catriona Award Award Winning author best-selling author Stephen King loves her and so can you Mm. Uh, her current book is Looking Glass Sound Uh, you can hear her talk about that book in detail in our companion uh, podcast but the Q&A always starts with this uh, question Catriona what is the last book that you really really enjoyed reading we're not after kind of mildly amused by but really had a fantastic time with
1: there's one book that gave me, um, probably the book that gave me the most serious writer's envy, where I was so torn between just revelling in what the writer was doing and also wishing I myself had written it, was um, Mrs. March by Virginia Fato, which is it's extraordinary. It's it's about a New York socialite who uh, whose husband is a writer, and she stopped reading his books because, you know, who can be bothered after 30, you know, 30, 30, 30 erudite volumes, but she discovers that in his latest one there's a character modelled after her which is a uh, which is a, a a very sad aged prostitute who is so pathetic that no one uh, <laughs> can actually be bothered to sleep with her and uh, she this this provokes a sort of intense uh, psycho almost psychotic break as she comes to suspect that perhaps her husband is doing more than just Writing the, this sort of uh, v- vicious narrative, and perhaps he might be doing physical harm to people as well. And she goes on a sort of detective hunt, but it's accompanied by this, by this descent into, into paranoia, which I found firstly deeply relate- relatable, and uh, secondly just so persuasive. It's got its roots in those real classics like um, Perkins Gilman's uh, *The Yellow Wallpaper*, and all of those Gothic novels of um, of kind of. Uh, f- uh, female instability and 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 neurosis, which turns out to be either true or not true. It's really it's it was re- it really impressed me. I was I was as I said incredibly jealous when I read it. Are
2: there any uh, books, Katrina, that you remember the most from your childhood? I suppose that was either one book or maybe a collection, because I suppose when we're kids, yeah. if you find one book you like, you then devour everything written by that by that author. But but what stands out the most from your childhood?
1: Well, I mean, I still don't think this is a children's book at all. But um, *Watership Down* is a sort of an extraordinary piece of writing. I I, 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 don't. It happens to be about rabbits, but it's sort of, it's got a lot of things operating at the same time, and it doesn't. It doesn't. It. It's um, it's a sort of platonic ideal of society. It's also, you know, a fantastic fantasy with, uh, you know, really intense and 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 detailed world building and it's about and it's about it's incredibly english so i didn't grow i didn't grow up in the uk i mainly grew up in the tropics so i knew most of what i knew about the english countryside from this book um, i had I didn't, I didn't really know what a cowslip was i didn't you know i'd never really seen you know most of the weather that they that richard adams talks about and it was incredibly exotic to me. It sort of added a, another layer to heighten the, the air of fantasy to it, if you will. Um, I just think it's a it's a kind of a perfect book to talk about. Well, perfect in a sense, but I learned my I learned about mortality from that book. I learned about death. It's a, there's a very I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think. It, I think it's okay to spoil Worship Down, isn't it? You know, this long after publication, but you know, yes. there's You never know. Okay, for any for anyone who hasn't read it, spoilers ahead. There's that end paragraph where Hazel finally um, lets go of his body and leaves it by a ditch, and and he and he follows El Arrera, the rabbit god off across the fields knowing that his descendants and thousands like them will all be all right and I think it's I think the last line is they'll be all right uh, come with me and I'll show you what I mean and it's very very beautiful um, it's also quite unique in that it presents death as something you know there are many kinds of death in the book um, you know there's there are hor- horrible ones there's there's torture there's some quite extreme stuff but this particular incident is um immortality is not something to be feared but uh, something that fits into the natural order of things in this particular case and you you feel it as a a, you know a very organic and not frightening process at all so um as as a first experience of of kind of thinking about these things i think it's probably quite (laughs) not too it's a complicated one but perhaps you know perhaps a sort of good one in that it, it presents all all sorts of ideas that about you know death not being most the thing most to be dreaded
0: i now have bright eyes by art garfunkel playing in my head <laughs> yeah, yeah. which i will yes. do for the rest of the day i suspect <laughs> i um, apologize do you have a... no, no no it's fine i, I like art garfunkel uh, do you have a writing routine uh, are you quite ritualistic do you always like to write in the same place at the same time or are you super flexible
1: um, I, I mean, I, the thing is, it gets so incredibly stultifying and and kind of harrowing staring at the same small patch of screen day after day after day that I I tend to try and vary the background behind the screen as much as possible. So, for instance, here, on a, you know, I'm on a, hill, hill, a stormy hilltop in France. Um, you know, I, I really welcome it. I'm, I'm delighted by the thunderstorm. I'm delighted by something to, you know, lend the drama. I used to, before the pandemic just go and get on a train <laughs> I live quite near Paddington station so I just I'd walk there and I'd get on a train um nowhere too far like maybe you know to like Brighton and back. I think once I did I think Peterborough or but there was something about the forward motion of the train uh, and being in public but not in public so being private and able to be in your own little world, but also having people around you that really started my engines. I mean, it's a ter- it's quite an expensive way to write, so I, I didn't do it too often. But um, hmm. sometimes when I was stuck, it really helped. I mean, I've, I've taken my laptop into the woods before, that was quite unsuccessful, very damp. Um, <laughs> but you know, wow. <laughs> but um, I just, I, you can, you, you get this thing sometimes which I, I refer to as going inside the computer. Where you just you you get so sucked in by what's on the what's on the page and the fo- the narrow focus of trying to get everything down that actually you forget to tell the story. Whereas actually what what should be happening is all of these like you know ambient like passions and ideas and 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 stories should be visiting you from the ether from the outside and being channeled through you whereas actually sometimes what just happens is you just you end up staring minutely at like a sentence you've just written 37 times um so for me the best thing to do is to change things up as much as possible so I mean the answer to that is I have no routine at all and 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 avoid it like the plague
2: I love, I love the idea of getting a train out of Paddington by choice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Clearly. Look, out, look out, Slough. Here we come. Oh, what? <laughs> Clearly I haven't been to Paddington recently, Catriona. Oh, my goodness. No, right, uh, you trained as an actor. Would
1: you ever appear in a screen adaptation of one of your books, perhaps? I don't think they'd have me, but I, but I'd be deli- I, I'd, I'd be deli- I'd be delighted to. Um, I'd be delighted to have other people appear, appear in them. I mean, I was so unsuccessful as an actor. I can't tell you. Um, I, I, it was sort of all right. I did a few things, but I only did them with people who I'd already sort of worked with or done stuff or kind of you know organically met or were friends or something because I found that I couldn't audition and unfortunately auditioning is the entire job that's that's it that's the job um and if you can't do that you're kind of sunk so <laughs> I gave up um I gave up I mean it's that it's that uh eternal question of you know if a, like a tree falling in the forest if an actor gives up and no one notices you know were they really ever acting in the first place but yeah. um you know it, it had been something I'd really wanted to do ever since I was a kid so there was a sort of grief to it um but I think in retrospect I'm better off where I am I also I think that there are things in common you know that you that that you have in terms of storytelling like I still use a lot of my I, sometimes my acting training to write out the beats of a scene or to or to construct character or things like that it's sort of in me and I think it can be quite. I think it can be quite useful. But God, it's such a relief to make your mistakes on the page instead of in front of a room full of people.
0: We like to surprise our guests with a, a, instead of a question coming from me or Matt, a, a voice note from uh, someone who likes your work. So in the last Q and A we had, which was with uh, Harlan Coben, we featured Richard Osman, uh, who is a fan. And today, Catriona, we have a note from his brother. Uh, Who is a fan of yours and as you know, is Swades guitarist uh, and author? He is Matt Osman. Here's the question. Hi, Kat. It's Matt Osman here. I was wondering, you spend weeks in the headspace of some of the worst people in the world murderers and madmen and manipulators. And I was wondering, how do you manage to clear your head afterwards? Do you have an exorcist on speed dial?
1: (laughs) Good question. That's an excellent question thanks Matt, <laughs> amazing. Um, uh, it, it, perhaps it, it speaks badly of me but I, I find the more I put them on the page the less troub- troubled I am actually. Um, I used to have terrible um, night night terrors and actually when I started writing I, I've kind of found a cage to contain the demon really. I also think there's a sort of I mean sometimes to be fair, yeah, I do have to go and like look at a nice horse or something at the end of the day and, and come up come up for air. I mean, I think you know, having someone you love just <laughs> give you a shake and tell you to snap out of it can be can be very useful as well. But we strangely, I I'm the more I write the the horror, the less the less it occupies space in my head. So, you know, the writing in itself is a sort of exorcism, I guess, if that's, if that's a, a, enough of an answer. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. We sort of divide writers in a very sweeping generalisation here, between planners and pantsers. In other words, (laughs) planners being the ones who put everything up on on a cork board and post-it notes and know exactly where they're going, and pantsers being the Lee Childs, Ian Rankins, Marina Hydes of this world who can just sit down in front of a blank piece of paper and write, 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 write. So which of those two uh, sweeping generalisations would you find yourself in?
1: Uh, uh okay I I think I vary between the two at various stages of the process. So I think at the beginning I it's almost like a map. So I've got tent pol- I know where I'm starting and I know where I'm finishing. How the hell I get there, who knows. That's that's the fun of it. So I've got to, I've got to have what is tra- what's sort of traditionally called a twist. I don't really I prefer the word reveal because I feel like um what what that moment should do, that twist or reveal moment should do is uncover the true nature of the world or the characters that you've been living in. So I know my I, if you see it like a map, you know I, I know I know my I know my starting point and I know my destination, but where we visit along the way is always incredibly uh, pantsy, as it were. So I, I tend to, I tend to go with two, two strong ideas, beginning and end, which are very rarely migrate actually, usually stay very much the same. The middle is, is no man's land and <laughs> anyone's guess.
0: Uh, how many this is almost an impossible question so we, you know we, we'll take a rough <laughs> guess. How many books do you have on your shelves at home or your homes and and are you a filer? you know are they following some kind of order if we were to visit?
1: They have no they have absolutely no order at all. I um I tend to remember them by uh, the ones that I've read, read most recently. Will be nearest nearest the door, <laughs> or where you know where I'll reach into mm-hmm. the room and grab them. You know, so that's the sort of way I tend to mentally mentally file them. But I quite like that sort of chaos to it as well. I I reckon I'm gonna this is it's very impossible. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that I have about a thousand books between my poor parents. I unloaded a lot of my books on them <laughs> after after um, after moving to London. So between London and my and my parents very kind library that they maintain for me um I'd say about a thousand books it's a lot in fact it's too many I should cull but um the thing is they have they all have have some kind of meaning don't they and it's very hard to as I've discovered to to um to recycle or give give away books because I think charity shops no longer want them uh, because they get too many uh which is a sad realization for a writer but um I do you think there's something about a, a room full of books that is intensely comforting. I, I, I think we all would agree. And um, walking in, you know, it's very hard to very hard to sacrifice those. Even in the day day and age of digital copies, it's very hard to sacrifice that experience of like standing in front of the shelves and smelling them. You know.
2: I'd agree with you about the uh, problem with being able to recycle books. I, I've been turned away from several charity shops now. Yeah. I've, I've found out that my local tube station takes books, so, so I just go there and leave. I know they oh, all disappear. It's brilliant. Yeah, oh, can't get over it.
1: I tried to donate um, books to prison charities, but <laughs> you're, apparently you're not allowed to give things to prisoners unless you know them, <laughs> which I should have thought of. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. Send prison break books. Yes. Count of Monte Cristo. Maybe not.
1: not.
2: (laughs) Um, In a future dystopian world, Catriona, if the the warlords have declared that you can only have one genre of novel uh, and that would be all you'd be able to read, what would you choose and would it be horror?
1: Do you know, I think it would. Yeah, it would. I, I think um, particularly, you know, just as a handy survival guide in this dystopian future, you know, horror prepares you for everything, doesn't it? It's a, it's a sort of means of um, mental rehearsal, in a way, for disaster. And it speaks to the deep parts of us, you know, it speaks to, it speaks to the, the parts we're not, we're not really that willing to discuss. It, you know, fear, anger, our particular sort of inner demons. I'd take horror, for sure.
0: And on that optimistic uh, and encouraging... <laughs> and warm. Are you
1: so glad I came on the show? Uh,
0: no. Yes, uh, of course we are. Catriona, um, a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much indeed. Looking Glass Sound is published by Viper and comes out on April the 20th. Uh, you can pre-order it now. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at any time, booksoftheyear at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening, Catriona. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your holiday.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.